0: Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate & Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate & Ignite podcast. Jennifer Holtfeluer is the Chief Marketing Officer at Spirion, the leader in data privacy and protection software. Their solutions discover, classify, and remediate sensitive personal data that are highly targeted by cyber criminals. Jennifer's passion is to protect what matters most, the personal data privacy and data security of Spirion's colleagues, customers, and the community. Spirion builds and delivers the most accurate data discovery and classification solutions on the planet so that we can ultimately protect humanity, yes, humanity, by eliminating data privacy breaches, period. Jennifer is guided by the belief that customers don't want fast and easy. What they want is accurate and persistent. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite.
1: Thanks for having me, Lori. Happy to be here. Well, I am
0: so excited to have you. I tell you, data security is, is such an important topic today. And I love the fact that we're really going to hone in on some of the marketing that really helps drive really good content for audiences today. And, and, and I think there's so many key insights that you can share with challenger brands. Uh, there are so many players in this space right now. And what brands such as Spirion are doing to chip away at some of the goliaths of industry if you will to really solve problems for key segments and moreover the customer base is something that's really exciting we're going to dive into audience segmentation and really Jennifer's thought and belief about the new age the way in which people really do need to Start segmenting their audiences so that they can really affect top line, bottom line revenue. Before we get there, Jen, tell us a little bit more about what your day to day looks like running the marketing for some really exciting products out there.
1: Yeah, you bet. So you know, every day is different when you're when you're chartering a, a market like data privacy and data security, like like Spirion is doing. It's a market where you know, the cyber criminals never sleep. So there's always something new that's happening in the market, whether that be a breach in the healthcare space, a new industry regulation coming out. Most pressing right now is, you know, we all know the California Consumer Protection Act is live and active and really starting to get enforced. And now they're looking at putting another one on the ballot in November, just next month, the CPRA. So we've got to make sure that we have solutions that align with this and that the consequences are clearly outlined so that buyers understand by by not, you know, taking this serious, the whole concept of protecting what matters most, you know, sensitive personal data, you really set yourself up for several liabilities as an organization. So my team is always focused on, you know, what's happening in the market. How do our solutions help solve for that? And then how do we make sure that the audiences that we best serve really understand, again, those consequences and how they can overcome them with the solution like Spirion, you know, best in class data discovery. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And there's a
0: fine line between going too broad with a message that is more a scare tactic versus providing very, very authentic, real content, especially in, in the content area that you talk about each and every day. And it, it dawns on me that that is a very, very cor- important consideration that you must have uh, when it comes to making sure that the messaging is, you know, on time and on target.
1: It really is. You know, that's something that you, you, know, you asked about what the team does, you know, day in and day out. And we're always looking at You know the the messages that we know will best resonate based upon the need in market and then how are we creating assets you know in the form of stories that are relatable in market so that's something that we're constantly you know working to perfect and make sure that we equip our sellers who are on the front lines with those messages right so that they can share them and folks can come and engage with us, and then we can have more in-depth conversations on you know, how you really do protect what matters most. Yeah,
0: and it, and it does begin with that ideal customer. And all too often, when we as marketers are building out our customer set, and it doesn't matter if it's an agency or an entire uh, internal marketing communications team. Quite often, we see that the, the things are just a little bit too broad out there. What is your point of view regarding that?
1: I've seen organizations, you know, time and time again. You know, when I when I enter a new organization and say who who are we focused on, and I look at any ICP, you know, ideal customer profile work that's been done, and it it's it's the single most largest, I guess, mistake that organizations make in going too broad. You know, I think us as sellers and, and marketers really don't want to, to leave one rock left, you know, unturned so we, we can easily go broad. Uh, but what I like to do is, you know, take a step back. And we did this at Spirion earlier this year. You know, we, we really took a step back and said, we want to look at our ideal customer profile from a historical win rate perspective, but we also know that we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and we're also, you know, in going into a possible recession, so we really needed to have an aspirational view and um, points that we could use data to help from a historical standpoint, balance in the aspirational side, and to do that, it's, You've got to bring in an expert like a data scientist, I someone agree. that knows this, right? Yeah. That's the key. That's the key there is someone that can work alongside with you, look through the data, help you balance out what's the right mix, mix of aspirational points versus historical data points to really uncover that ideal customer profile that that can use your solution.
0: Yeah. Who would have thought, uh, you know, 10 years ago that that would become quickly you know, an FTE as a part of organizations that impacts the bottom line in, in such a deep way, again, whether they be internal or external, you know, the ability to read data to really uncover that sort of, you know, pertinent information uh, is critical, I, I believe. And, and not everyone has the opportunity to do that. What advice do you have for our listeners today? Um, they can't afford a data scientist. You know, what can they do to just roll up their sleeves and take a look at the data that they may have?
1: You know, I think that you you definitely want to look at your win rates, your churn rates. You want to look at your average deal um, size, compare it against the size of the organization, the average deal length or sales cycle that it takes. You know, the, the, the quickest way I think to do it is you can divide it by vertical, right? And then start right. to lay over some of those other data points I just outlined. <clears throat> and that that will get you to well. will who's buying what we're selling, right? And then I think those churn rates are really important too because you want to make sure that the folks that you're bringing in are actually using it and being successful with it and not leaving you, right? You know, 12, 18, 24 months after implementing. Yeah, that's great. Something else that we've
0: done is Facebook advertising to really build out the audience segments, which we can then adapt to non-Facebook platforms the AI involved with Facebook is so deep, and it's a great way to really build out those additional segments and learn and, and grow from them on, on who really is interested in the product and, and more over buying you ultimately have to transition it over to a marketing automation system or you know far more robust uh, analytics tools but nonetheless it's it's one way to really hone in on your audience uh, when you don't have a data scientist in your hip pocket.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Leveraging modern day technology like artificial intelligence and machine learning wherever you can. And from what vendors you can like Facebook, you should definitely be taking advantage of.
0: Yeah. Now you and I talk a lot. We have some similar language, which I love. We talk a lot on on the show and at Avicet about aha moments. And so do you. Uh, It's really when you are, when you are pushing out a message to a customer, that aha moment that they have is absolutely critical, but the message itself must be on on brand and and on strategy. What do you do um, to make sure, or what process perhaps do you deploy to make sure that the messages are out there and and resonating with people?
1: Yep, you bet. You know, in our space in in, sub-segment of cybersecurity, data privacy in particular, there are trigger events, compelling events that are happening, unfortunately, all all too much. So what we look for, you know, are those compelling events, that reason to take action, that that will get them to engage and understand how we can actually help them overcome that, that potential consequence that comes from that compelling event. And in our case, it's, you know, what's bringing on the data breach, what's bringing on The potential fine for being in violation of you know one of the regulations whether it be state or federal so it's it's all about understanding you know what the consequence can be and that's how you engage with those folks to show them how that consequence can be avoided or can be mitigated um, or minimized by taking action sooner rather than later
0: yeah. And, and of course, you have some tips uh, that you're going to share with us today that ties into that on a deep level. Before we get there, a marketer's dream is to accelerate the, basically the, the deal cycle. What can we do to move people through the funnel more quickly to acquisition and repeat business and, and loyalty, uh, so on and so forth? How do you, what advice do you have for our listeners today on, on how you accelerate uh, the deal cycle?
1: It's a great question. And it's, it's something that I've experienced at almost every organization. So my organization is the marketing and inside sales and or business development. And so we're we're uncovering, you know, over 60% of the sales pipeline. So once that's accepted by sales, uh, how do we make sure those conversations continue? Because we all know that engagement is key if you are going to accelerate a deal. So one thing that that we've found very beneficial to keep engagement going is marketing can do some of that automated lifting for the sellers, you know, post SQL handoff. And that's creating a track that is customized from the seller based upon the use case that their buyer is looking to purchase Spirion for. And we will send emails on their behalf that drop and sprinkle in an article, a case study, those types of pieces that you know keep the buyer engaged. And that helps and complements the effort that the seller's doing as they're having discovery calls and POCs and uh, general phone outreach. It's, it's a nice way to complement the efforts and it really we found has accelerated deal cycle as well.
0: Yeah, and, and that actually ties in beautifully to your first tip, which is providing value sooner you know, I'm envisioning, you know, the marketing funnel or sales funnel in my mind right now with awareness and then consideration and of course, acquisition. And there's this huge consideration phase, which I believe people just push out a message or two, and they think, okay, that should do it. But it isn't quite that simple. Talk more about the importance of value at that level.
1: Well, one thing that we found is creating values, you know, very top of the funnel, is just super important. So by creating value sooner in the funnel, and, and there are certain assets that a marketing organization can deliver. One of them is at least in our space. You know, we're dealing with chief information security officers, CIOs, directors of IT. You know, they need some type of tangible proof without you getting into their environment. You know, to see how exactly you can help. There are tools out there, we, we use Decision Link, which is one, that it it's really this total cost of ownership or the cost of doing nothing, what it could cost your organization by not investing in a tool that, you know, like Spirion, that you know discovers your sensitive data. It, it actually has six or seven questions that you can ask very top of funnel. So they have a report handout that they can go back to their budget committee, right? Or just review if budget isn't there, that shows the value and and the cost of, if you do nothing, this is the potential risk you're leaving your organization. We introduce those sooner in the funnel. I think those have traditionally been more middle of funnel, but we've started introducing them sooner in the funnel. And we found that that's really that tangible asset, even though it's a summary, right? Based off of a template, but it's, we ask them questions, it's their data, And it outputs data that they can then take back and absorb and share with the team. And it creates that business case.
0: Well, I I love what you've just uh, provided us as an example. And I wrote down a question and or a statement rather. And it was the difficulty of really honing in that message because every single one of your customers, they place a different value on what is meaningful to them right so the beauty of what you've just explained is that they're providing you what is meaningful so that you can better market to them the it's a great way of truly honing in on a message that is more authentic and is meaningful to an audience versus or a an individual versus something that's too broad
1: it is you know there's there's five or six different um, use cases or scenarios. And of course, there there can be some unique. But in our business, it's so important to understand as soon as you can in that sales cycle, what those six or seven use cases are, or compelling reasons, compelling events. And as soon as you figure that out, you certainly that that's where your message track goes, right? And that's where you continue to create and show value that you've listened and you understand them, which leads us to tip number two, which is truly determining the buying impetus. Yeah, I mean we've got we've recently switched from a very I like to call it old school. No offense to anybody that's still using it, <laughs> uh, but the BANT the BANT model, you know, to the the PACT model. And the pack the difference between BANT and PACT is when you're qualifying or an inside sales team is qualifying. Um, you're you're not focusing so much on budget, which I think is is the biggest distraction and detractor of BANT, at least for our industry, because they can always find budget, you know, for cybersecurity, because it's just such a a compelling industry right now in general and a need. But the PACT model, the C includes consequence, so mm. you've got to understand in the qualification process what is the buyer's consequence, and once you figure that out. The talk tracks just uh, flow accordingly because you there's so much to to understand about that consequence and then to share. Yeah, that's great.
0: And um, you know, at the end of the day, it really does help you come up with messaging uh, tip number three that truly is meaningful and will resonate with someone.
1: Absolutely. If you understand, you know, our product may do four other things, but what they need it for is the fifth or sixth thing, that's what you tailor your messages around. And we've got a tool that we've recently brought in that we use on our website, but we'll also be using it to our sellers that create those messaging tracks that not only educate our sellers on, you know, what are those, you know, five or, you know, bullet five or bullet six of what the pain point is that you should be speaking to, but that also has content to back it up to again, continue to create greater value know to the buyer
0: right and tip number four uh, you know you've you've you're providing value sooner you've created an incredible buying impetus you've got messaging that's resonating and at the end of the day that is going to accelerate the deal cycle
1: it really is when you can show value sooner and the buyer understands that you understand them You know, the way that we also help accelerate, you know, deal cycles are we put together, um, we call them cool solutions, which are really use cases. They're actually knowledge base articles for those that are used to, you know, the software space, but we turn them into two pagers that really paint the picture in even more detail on how our solution actually solves for those use cases. So it gives them that taste along with some case studies and testimonials. And when people see that, and we tailor them specific to the type of business that they are, that's what helps them say, okay, look, look at the return we'll get, look at the consequence we will avoid if we take action. And and it's really, it's it's just the messaging of understanding their business and putting together materials that they can then uh, relate to and take action again sooner. Yeah.
0: And there's such a small nuance here with when you combine these four tips together and they're working in harmony with one another. And, and that is, it's not ultimately about who you're targeting. It's about, you're shifting
1: your mindset to who you can best serve. Yeah, you just, you're speaking my language. Anyone that knows me, I think I have it on my Twitter feed. You know, I <laughs> always emphasize that it's not about know who we should target or who we could target but instead who can we best serve and that comes back to really understanding who who is that ideal persona that ideal account that can benefit from your solution you know we we teach our sellers that you know we if we're gonna lose we want to lose quickly right and if we're going to take an opportunistic account on that isn't part of our ICP work we've got a whole set of questions that we want to get to, you know, quicker because we know that, you know, this, this may not be the best fit. And if we're, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose quickly, right? We're not going to drag this out. And I think that's really important that a lot of companies miss because, you know, if you're not targeting the folks that can best benefit, you know, you're wasting a lot of time and resources um, on audiences that are never going to buy. Yeah, I agree. And,
0: uh, you know, holistically, I think a lot of brands at Abbesset. We talk a lot about the difference of a point of parity versus a, a point of differentiation. And you know, the points of parity get you—you know—they're the table stakes, right? Those are—you know—you've you, got a good product. It does A, B, C, and D. Your customer service is fabulous. You know, it doesn't break down very often. You know, whatever—you know—whatever you know, whatever those table stakes are, and most often. Brands really, you know, they they market within their safe zone. They they market within their parity versus their differentiation. And differentiation can be a strategy. It can be a message. It can be a tactic. It can be, you know, a piece of a product that nobody else has. There's all sorts of different ways that we can do that. But in your situation with security and privacy, being aspirational alone is truly a point of difference that can be very, very meaningful.
1: Yeah, it it really is. And one thing that we found and and one of the reasons we realized we needed to have an aspirational element to our ICP work was, you know, we're, we're in a market where if a consequence hasn't happened yet, IT's got 101 other things that they're focusing on, right? Right. Um, So, so data privacy may not be top of mind, but by bringing in Other indicators of of a company's IT maturity level, like looking at their um, technographic data, that's one example of what we look at as we're developing our ICP because if they have other security-related technology stacks in their IT MarTech stack, I guess you would call it, you would know that, okay, data security, data privacy is something that they do take serious, and they may have other solutions that do a piece of it But they need to be looking at solutions like Spirion that actually get to the heart of the sensitive data where they can act and remediate and really protect their business.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you bring up, I think, a really interesting point um, regarding, you know, the ICP customer profiles and, and truly understanding how we as marketing teams can develop the correct customer profiles to be successful. What are some of the challenges that you see there and, and maybe what are marketers doing right and, and where can we all improve?
1: You know, I this sounds pretty basic, but I've seen some organizations where they just don't have good data on their current customers, right? They're not enriching it. So I, I really think, you know, one thing that I did was, uh, we have a customer marketing manager on our team. I had them go in and I, I have them refresh the data. So that we make sure we've we've got the right people in the right roles because i think that's really important um not so much in analyzing the the dna of the account but when you're ready to market to you've got to have the right people right, right. And people come and go so much so data enrichment and data integrity is so important so make sure your your database is clean you know i also see a lot of folks you know doing it on the highest win rate by vertical and what I would say is you've got to look at, yes, win rates, but you've got to look at the total cost that it's it's costing your business or that they're bringing, that customer's bringing in revenue-wise to your business. So you've right. got to look at so many other triggers than just, I think, what used to be the fundamentals of ICP work. But really there's, there's so many puzzle pieces that you want to look at that will help you understand, okay, maybe this is a volume play or a transactional sales play here if I hit up smaller deals in state and local government versus the big enterprise in healthcare? What's the balance that you need to find based upon how much revenue you're actually getting um, out of your ICPs? Yeah, and and I think um, what's interesting here
0: is personas and avatar work can sink people in a rabbit hole. I, I guess that's a, the best way I, I can put it. And And what we find is uh, you you definitely need the personas and the avatars, but segmenting from there is where the real magic happens. And I think all too often people confuse the two or they, well, number one, they confuse the two or number two, they end up going so deep within a persona and then a segment um, that is just not going to posit- positively affect bottom line or top line revenue because it's a minute portion of of the audience and and they're you know it's it's they're wasting uh, ad dollars and and marketing uh, infrastructure at that time.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. You know, our persona based messaging work is equally as important as our ICP work. You know, for us, you know, the data privacy personas depending on the organization uh, may be different than the data security personas in a certain organization so understanding you know what type of account you're going after and who has what role in that account is so important because um, it will vary and you know we're not an anomaly here it's you know we're obviously in cybersecurity, data privacy but we also go after the um, infosec folks too and, and they tend to be a different audience and you speak a different language to them than you do the, the privacy folks
0: What is one of the most valuable lessons you've learned and and perhaps something that you would not repeat regarding uh, the challenges of segmentation?
1: I think it would probably be, you know, assuming that one role fits into all size account roles, right? right? I think that, I actually don't think, I know, you know, a director of IT may also have the data privacy manager hat on may also have the security hat on the help desk hat on and then you move to a bigger upstream enterprise and and that's really going to be segmented out and that that's true but that's not always the case i think the you know the more leaner that it organizations get that there there are some shared responsibilities so you've got to understand you've got to understand who's wearing what hats and And it can be shared hats by one person.
0: Yeah, I love that. And then you truly do know who is ready uh, for your solution at that stage as well. Exactly. Yep, that's that's a game changer. I tell you, Jennifer, I have loved our conversation today. Of course, you can... Download the podcast on any type of podcast player that's out there, including iHeartRadio, which we are new to. And remember, engagement is key to accelerating the deal. Jennifer, thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Lori.
0: This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avasetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.